Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Mike Boris, and this is Straight Talk. Sleep's a big topic. It's definitely a big topic for me because, you know, I often say I want to live to 100, and I know sleep's a really important part of that. I'm wondering if you've ever looked at sleep as a strategy. You can be strategic about sleep and approach it just like you approach nutrition and fitness. The biggest way to understand why we need sleep is to look at the dysfunctions which occur when we are sleep-deprived. In terms of immunity, only a one-hour loss of sleep six hours rather than seven increases the likelihood of catching a cold by four times whoa three hours before bed you should stop eating digestion is a highly taxing activity on the body when you want to promote deep rest you don't want your body to do a marathon i mean i have no difficulty whatsoever i can lay down on my lounge and i'll fall asleep within two seconds should you be napping Olivia Arrozzolo, welcome to Straight Talk. Thank you so much for having me. Did you have a good night's sleep? I had a great night's sleep. I really did. With your broken toe? With my broken toe, yes. Because if you if you have pain, it's really difficult to sleep sometimes. And uh, I'd, I'd love to know how you do that. But you're a sleep expert. Um, and, uh, you know, you've got a whole raft of university degrees and academic qualifications and you've done all the studies and et cetera. But, and I... I and I guess I'm presuming that um, you've also got all the practical experience of people who have sleep problems and probably also you've got all the practical experience of people who are bloody great at sleep and I'm not one of those. I'm, well, I'm getting better at it. And uh, sleep's a big topic, definitely a big topic for me because, you know, I often say I want to live to 100 and I know sleep's a really important part of that. You know, I listen to all those other pod- podcast guys in America and girls, you know, and uh, nutrition, exercise, sleep, the three, the three, you know, planks to living a longer life apart from being intercepted by something terrible like cancer or whatever but they're the three planks three really important planks sleep's a big one i can manage i can actually manage nutrition quite well i'm lucky i'm definitely can be responsible for exercise because that's just a matter of getting off my ass and out of the gym or something along those lines sleep I feel as though I have less control of. And not from my point of view, it's not so much getting to sleep, it's staying asleep. And so therefore I've become extraordinarily interested in sleep patterns, sleep cycles, how to stay asleep, how to go back to sleep when you wake up, if you want to get up in the middle of the night, go and have a pee or whatever it is. 
Um, what happens if you get disturbed sleep? What happens if you go to bed outside of your normal range? What happens if you get, I have to get up outside of your normal range? Can I catch up on sleep during the day, having a nap? Should I have naps? I got so many questions about this stuff. So I hope you indulge me today um, asking an expert because, you know, normally I would have to probably pay a cons- consulting fee to talk to someone like you. Um, so why is adequate sleep a major tenet in our actual health, physical and mental health? So starting from the top, why do we need sleep? The biggest way to understand why we need sleep is to look at the dysfunctions which occur when we are sleep deprived. On a physical level, we feel exhausted. This is because 70% of human growth hormone, the key catalyst for cellular repair, is produced in slow wave sleep. When we don't have enough sleep, this is why we feel so fatigued and our cells don't have the rejuvenation experience that they need to help us feel alert. In terms of immunity, only a one-hour loss of sleep, so sleeping six hours rather than seven, increases the likelihood of catching a cold by four times. Whoa. In terms of mental health, there is a 37% increase in cortisol, a stress hormone, that makes us feel anxious, unable to switch off, restless. That 37% increase happens after one night of insufficient sleep. When you have two nights of insufficient sleep, that increases to 45%. In terms of cognitive health, which will therefore impact your mental health, the main area of the brain that is affected by lack of sleep is the frontal lobe. That's responsible for decision-making, judgment, concentration, motivation, planning, that becomes compromised and impaired, which is exactly why we make so many mistakes. 29% of all workplace errors are attributed directly to fatigue. Lack of sleep also leads to an increase in a neurotoxin called beta amyloid. Beta amyloid is responsible for that brain fog feeling, memory loss, And long-term, if we have too much beta amyloid, which builds up in the brain in plaques, this is a hallmark sign of Alzheimer's disease. After one night of insufficient sleep, beta amyloid increases by up to 30%. This is because the brain doesn't have a lymphatic system to detoxify from different chemicals that build up throughout the day. And only during sleep does the, it's called the glymphatic system, that become active and we can actually detoxify from these harmful neurotoxins. Can I measure any of that stuff? Like I'm getting nervous already. (laughs) Um, So, so, okay, so you gave me like six or seven reasons Mm. why lack of sleep can be harmful. Mm. Is it more about not enough sleep is harmful as opposed to it's really good for you to have a lot of sleep? Is it more about not having enough sleep is a problem as opposed to having you know, a, a seven or eight hours, just a seven or eight hour sleep. Is it, is that, is that the issue or, and can I have too much sleep too? I mean, mm-hmm. what about if I sleep for 12 hours, which I don't, but what, what, what would happen if that happens? And my dad is like late eighties. Okay. Um, he, he'll sleep sometimes 10, 11 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, wow, I wish I could do that. Like, uh, yeah. And I, I th- but I think, wow, but that also sounds like too long to sleep. Can you have too much sleep? You can have too much sleep. Anything over nine hours is considered oversleeping or excessive sleep. Um, There are strong correlations between really poor mental health 
and physical health and oversleeping, not as extensive as um, lack of sleep, but still correlations including um, oversleeping is linked to depression in particular because it limits our ability to get sunlight and sunlight is a primary um, factor that enables uh, optimal mental health. It helps produce the hormone serotonin. Serotonin helps us feel alert, happy, relieved of stress. When we're sleeping, we're not in the sunlight. In terms of physical health, what happens when we oversleep? It's correlated to obesity, diabetes, cancer. While these conditions are also linked to insufficient sleep as well, they are also linked to excessive sleep. My question would be, is the, if your dad is sleeping for that many hours or if anyone is sleeping for that many hours, are they actually getting quality sleep? Because typically what a lot of people who are finding they need to sleep for many, many hours, you know, nine, 10, 11 hours, is that the sleep they're getting is often light, restless, broken, unrefreshing. And so they wake up in the morning and they feel exhausted even though they've had nine hours and they're thinking, I just need more sleep. No, actually what you need to do is focus on the quality of your sleep. And you you asked about you know measurement before. Quality of sleep is actually a bit easier to, or it's quite tangible to measure because we have sleep technology such as the whoop and the aura and your Fitbit and, you know, even your basic sleep tracker on your um, phone. So these technologies allow us to understand what sleep stage are we in? Are we getting enough slow wave sleep, which is called deep sleep? Are we getting enough REM sleep? And are we waking up throughout the night or is it just our imagination? So it can be really beneficial to, you know, track using this data. I know a lot of your community loves data. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be really beneficial to track our sleep with such um, such tools because it gives us insight into, okay, what is exactly happening in our sleep and Am I getting the quality that I need or is there an issue with the quantity? It's funny, you know, like when I was a young guy, there used to be these um, folklorish, nearly mythological stories about really successful business people in Australia who they get up and they do a interview. Of course, there's no Instagram and digital stuff, no, no, no internet in those days, but and say that oh, I survive on three hours sleep a night. And I used to think, wow, how can anybody do that? And I used to think, well, they had like magical powers. And they, they, these guys would say, I, you know, I get up at 3 a.m. and I start working and 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 I do it seven days a week. And I think, wow, well, like I can't ever do that. I can never, therefore I'll never be that great. Um, do you think that must have been bullshitting? I mean, is, is it possible that some people can survive on three hours Sleep at night. I mean, I'm. You're, I know you probably not. You're going to say like, I'm talking. About, are there such outliers as people who can do that, or is it just not not possible? Sure, there's outliers for anything. You know, there's there's athletes that can run from here up to 100 meters in two seconds. You know, there's outliers, extremes. But for the amount of outliers there are versus the amount of people that think they are outliers, is a yeah. vast disconnect. Yeah. 
A lot yeah. of people feel that, sure, I can, you know, get by and feel really great on five hours, four hours of sleep. But actually what they'll find is they're later on, they burn out, they experience extreme stress, they encounter these health, a myriad of health problems that seem to come out of nowhere, diabetes, cancer, um, you know, weight problems, underweight, overweight. And all of these conditions, as well as mental health problems, anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, all of these conditions can be linked back to lack of sleep. And so although it might not seem clear at the beginning, sure, I can get by on that much sleep. Actually, your body eventually will manifest the signs that you have been chronically lacking sleep. You know, in terms of mental health, insomniacs, those that lack sleep chronically, are 10 times more likely to develop depression. They're 17 times more likely to have an anxiety disorder. Wow. 17 times. 17 times. Okay, so so okay, so let's just go back a step now. How many hours sleep should I be getting? Okay. I mean, and I guess these things aren't tailor-made, mm. but just generally, what would you, you know, I'm in my mid-60s, late-60s, you know, what is someone like me? Should I be sleeping longer than I did in my 50s? I mean, how does it all work? Okay, so to answer that question, I'll loop you back to the beautiful book that I've Put in for you my book, Bear, yeah. Lion, Wolf. Yeah. So that is all about your chronotype, which lends itself to understanding how many hours of sleep you need for your sleep type. Now, my chronotype. Yes, chronotype, right. sleep type, yep. used interchangeably. Yep. Essentially what a chronotype is, is a categorization system for your circadian rhythm. This can be classed as an early phase, a late phase, or a mid phase. Now, in terms of going to bed, in terms of going to bed, yes. So, at a very base, basic level, um, the circadian rhythm phases indicate: Do I like to get up and go to bed early? Do I like to get up and go to bed late? Or do I like to get get up and go to bed neither early nor late? Those that are early risers, early to bed, they're lions. Those that are in the middle, they're bears. Those that are late to bed, late to rise are wolves. Now looping that back to your question, how many hours of sleep do we need? Lions typically need less sleep than the average individual. Seven hours, they feel pretty good. Is that because they get a bit earlier? From my research, it's not only due to that. Lions typically are health-oriented individuals because the chronotype uh, underpins also personality traits. Lions are typically the most health-oriented, the most routine, the most risk-adverse. They like being organized, structured, and healthy. Now, these traits lend themselves to high-quality sleep. And when we are having high-quality sleep, we can often have less sleep than, say, somebody who's having low quality sleep but a longer sleep time and feel more refreshed. So it may be due to the fact that they're going to bed early. However, it's not only due to that fact. Okay, because I like to go to bed early. I like to get up early too. So mm. um, maybe I'm in, I'm in that that uh, chronotype, um, the yeah. lion, in yeah. that, and, and the main reason I like to get up early is because, which is the reason I like to go to bed early because 
I get tired early as a result of because I've been up a long time. Mm. She goes, I like to go to the gym early. Yeah. <laughs> so I can get my gym over and done with before I go to work because I don't like going to the gym at night time. I don't enjoy that. Going to bed early, I presume, means it's relative to, say, when the sun goes down or something along those lines because you're talking about circadian rhythms. To my knowledge, it's not a co- there's not a correlation between the time that the sun goes down and the time that you should go to bed. Um, I'd assume that although it does have an interrelationship in that simply the light based on, you know, prehistoric times, light meant we are alert. Darkness meant we are tired, we fall asleep. It's a very simple relationship. Mm. Um, however, in terms of you typically falling asleep or sorry, falling, feeling sleepy around 930 I would believe that would be linked back to how many hours you've been awake for and the time that you got up. Right. In terms of how, what time should you go to bed, because that's a common question that's asked and I'm sure something that many of your listeners are contemplating, you, you really need to work out your chronotype, then work out which dictates how many hours you need to sleep for and then based on your wake time, work your, your bedtime back from that. If you know that you're a lion and you need a minimum of seven hours of sleep then and you want to get up at 4.30, it's common in many entrepreneurs and leaders because that's their self-time, you know, um, then you would need to wind back the clock, 4.30, seven hours before that. 9.30. 9.30. Yeah. So right? you got to be – and does that mean you've got to be in bed or asleep? Because when you say sleep, yeah. do, does that mean you've got to um, like actually – you're out. So yeah. So t- so what I would actually, if you if you were getting up at four thirty, I'd recommend heading to bed and turning off the lights around nine. Right. Because then you'll have a half an hour period where you can fall asleep and then actually get those seven hours. Right. So if, actually, I'm lucky. The moment I turn the light off, I go to sleep. Fantastic. Yeah. Like I literally don't have to lay there for more than a minute. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll go straight to sleep. But I do wake up. Yes. So um, I want to talk to you about when you say sleeping for, say, seven hours in my case, um, which is the amount of time I like to sleep if I can. But I rarely get seven hours while uh, seven hours of sleep because I've always got to get up and take a pee or whatever the case may be or you hear something outside or the dog bloody dog barks or because dog sleeps in the house or I hear the dogs get up walking around because he's thirsty in the middle of summer or something. <laughs> um, so what about broken sleep? How's that all fit in? So, Because it's sort of nearly impossible for me to mm. get a unbroken sleep. There's always something. There was someone driving around my area in a car and hoons or whatever. Mm. I live near a park and there's people getting in the park. Is What's the deal with broken sleep? Broken sleep is the number one sleep problem. Around Australia, that's what I that's what I say around broken sleep first. Right. Um, so it's not uncommon. No, it's very very common. Uh, there was a recent study, a 2023 sleep and snoring report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great name. Um, that found that 89 percent of people were experiencing disturbed sleep. Are you saying it's a new phenomenon or? No, no, no. I'm just saying that it's this, a collective. This is a result of the. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's right. a collective experience. Yep. So that's the first thing. Um, getting up to use the bathroom once is 
very, very normal. It's it's probably more uncommon and it would be extremely uncommon if you actually don't use the bathroom. Yep. However, being disturbed by noise, lights, dogs walking around, this is a sign that you are in a light stage of sleep. And if it's disturbing your sleep, I would believe there are some tools and strategies that you should implement to lessen and to mitigate those factors because you don't need to be woken up by the noise outside. There are earplugs. There are um, white noise machines which you can use to mask background noises, right? Uh, In terms of light, there's blackout curtains. There are a range of strategies such as these which can reduce the likelihood that you are going to wake up from external disturbances. You you were saying then like if I'm getting the seven hours sleep but it's broken Mm. and assuming it's not broken four or five times, if it's just broken once because I've got to go to the bathroom, that's fine. Um, But if it's been broken by some of these disturbances, outside disturbances, light, noise, dog, whatever the case may be, then I got to build strategies to try and eliminate those things or reduce those things. Mm. The objective being to try and limit the amount of times that you get woken up. Yeah. If, for example, in any one week, four or five nights of the week you you sleep, you wake up once to go to the bathroom. Then on the last two nights of the week. Um, or two nights of the seven days, you do get woken up by something. Something wakes you up. Not not stress, not anxiety, but some noise. Or you're just hot. Mm. You know, sometimes you get hot because <laughs> we and we just went through a period of really hot weather. And you know, unless you have the aircon on, like in my case, if I turn the aircon on, then I get dry. So <laughs> you know, something else happens. You know, so I, I don't like to turn the aircon on. <laughs> so uh, so uh, but, but, so it's sometimes unavoidable. But there, it's more. It's more um, two nights out of seven. Is that a problem, or should I be worried about that, or is that that's just okay because it's pretty normal? Mm, it might be normal, but it's not going to cause major issues. However, it's not necessary, and it will cause at least minor issues. Any just even just one night of insufficient sleep or broken sleep is going to leave you with the side effects that we list, that we mentioned at the beginning of our conversation. Yeah. You know, you'll be experiencing greater anxiety, weakened immune system, greater fatigue, brain fog, memory loss, more more workplace mistakes, compromised productivity. I don't think anyone wants to walk into their day knowing that that is what's laid out for them. And so though it can be normal, it's not a necessary part of Um, you know, your sleep or your waking life. And so this is why it's interesting before you said, you know, you feel you have less control over your sleep. I'm wondering if you've ever looked at sleep as a strategy. You can be strategic about sleep and approach it just like you approach nutrition and fitness. There are a certain subset of things you can do to promote healthier sleep There are transformations in the bedroom. There are rituals in the evening. There are rituals in the morning. There are supplements you can take. There are diet hacks. There are a wealth of strategies that you can implement to either promote or produce poor sleep, right? Yeah. And so 
when you look at sleep with this approach, it no longer is a game. It's no longer just, oh, I'm just going to go to bed and see what happens. No, you know that by integrating sleep strategies that promote sleep, that promote healthier sleep, you actually have a much greater locus of control and you can predict the quality of your sleep, how many times you're going to wake up and when things go off, even if it's just one or two nights a week, you can look, okay, what sleep saboteurs were at play here and what sleep strategies were at play here. And this for me is when sleep gets exciting because we all want to have control over our lives. We all want to have control over our health. You want to have control over living to a hundred and sleep is a pivotal part of that. Nutrition and fitness, important. However, underlying that is sleep because you don't have quality sleep, then your nutrition goes off and your physical exercise goes off. It makes a big difference to me how well I train if I if I do sleep compared to how well I train if I don't sleep. Correct. Um, I, I maybe I do um, employ some of these strategies unwittingly. Um, more in terms of you mentioned the word ritual, like so. What are sleep rituals? What do they look like? I mean, we're talking about like I must always have my dinner before a certain time. I don't eat after a certain time. Um, I don't snack after a certain time. I should say. This been an old thing. You, sh- you should never eat cheese or apples before you go to bed. I don't know what that why, but that's just a thing I remember hearing um, as a kid. But and that's sort of a, a, a maybe an old folklore sort of you know ritual thing. Maybe there may be some science behind it too. But are the rituals around what time do I stop work? What time do I? put my casual clothes on, take my work clothes off, put my casual clothes on, what time do I take a shower, um, what temperature should I try to, what, what time am I doing, not exercise in my case, I don't exercise at night, but, you know, what time, if I am an evening exerciser, should I exercise at a certain time or not at a certain time? There are so many things you can do. I like to start with the fundamentals first. Yep. The number one thing is to have a quality bedtime routine. I have a signature bedtime routine. When you say bedtime, you mean yep. at the time I go to bed? So your bedtime routine, the one that I recommend, starts two hours before bed. Right. However, it doesn't take up the whole two hours. It's a simple, simple process. Yeah. Um, that entails two hours before bed, put on blue light blocking glasses. Light is the number one factor to control the security. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Rhythm. 
even though it's dark. Even though it's dark, and, yes. But you were talking about the lights in the house. Like Correct. The, the electric lights. Correct. Yep. Because light suppresses melatonin, the sleepiness hormone. It can impair our ability to fall and stay asleep. If there is one problem why we are experiencing an inability to fall asleep and an inability to stay asleep, it is because of excessive and artificial light. Right. So in the evening, in order to block out the harmful light, you need to wear 100% blue light blocking glasses. So where do you get these things from? From you, me. You sell them. Yeah, yeah, okay. I do, from me. But it's really, really important to note on blue light blocking glasses, a lot of people think I've got them. They're in my prescription lenses. No, if they're clear, they are not 100% blue light blocking glasses. So they're actually like... Uh, they're orange tinted. Orange tinted glasses. Orange tinted, yes. Okay. So you need to wear these glasses for two hours before bed. This allows for your melatonin, that key sleepiness hormone, the main reason, which is going the main hormone to help you fall and stay asleep, that is going to be produced naturally if you wear these glasses. Because we all know that we're not sitting in complete darkness like hundreds of years ago before the invention of artificial light. For two hours before bed, we're not sitting in darkness. So if you have a light on, if you're watching a screen, if you're watching TV, if you're using a laptop, these are sources of blue light. Getting to sleep or staying asleep or both? Both. 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 So the more melatonin the body produces, the easier we find it to fall asleep, stay asleep, have deep sleep, experience uh, rejuvenation through sleep, wake up refreshed. Right. That's the role of melatonin. So you're an orange jacket. I'm feeling sleepy. Sitting on the <laughs> but why orange? What's the orange do? Um, I believe it's the orange tint that allows the that, that actually uh, blocks out the blue light. So it's actually uh, like uh, we're somehow receiving a blue light mm. from devices and yeah. from electricity, etc. Electric yeah. electric lights. Yeah, yeah. So so two hours before I'm sort of like I'm before I want to jump in the scratcher. That's it. Like if I'm doing if I want to go to sleep nine thirty, so I'm getting in there at seven thirty. Correct. I'm putting the light these glasses. I'm yeah. going to look a bit weird walking around the house with these glasses. Right. But, it's but right. I'm sure you look very stylish. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I have to get a good pair. Um, so it's a, but but these things are readily available. They're not a prescription thing or anything like that. No, no. So you just buy them. You can. And it does. You can read with them. Can I? Yeah. I can still. Yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. I, They can use them perfectly. Yeah. 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 So there's uh, there's red ones and there's orange ones. The red ones are a touch better because they block out green as well, how, which is another spectrum of light which uh, compromises melatonin. However, 100% blue light blocking glasses are arguably as effective in the orange lenses, and they're a bit easier to see with. And so my recommendation is get the orange lenses because it might be so difficult to see with the red lenses that you simply don't use them. Yeah. And if you don't use them, no then point. that's not going to be no effective, point, right? No, yeah. No, zero point. So, okay, that, that's interesting. That's, that's an interesting strategy. And what about in terms of food? Like, I mean, some people just say you should eat light at night, at light meal. I mean, or, or if you eat, um, I think it was if you eat, these might be just myths, but you eat carbs, you will sleep better. Or if you eat turkey. Turkey helps you sleep for some reason. I don't know why. Um, turkey's good good for going to sleep. What, what about what I eat at night and how much of it? Important. Not as important as blocking out light and blocking out blue light, but still important. Um, I think I wanted to start with that because a lot of people get overwhelmed and think there's a lot of things that they have to do 
actually just get the fundamentals right. Mm. Start with blocking out blue light two hours before bed. That is going to be the biggest game changer. As well as the other recommend, I've got this the bedtime routine that I recommend has seven steps. We might go through them later, but start with the bedtime routine first, then factor in diet. Okay, so going through the questions. Um, three hours before bed, you should stop eating. That should be the last time that you anything touches your lips except yep. for a sleep tea. Yep. Right. Eating light at night, yes, definitely recommended because digestion is a highly taxing activity on the body. When you want to promote deep rest, you don't want your body to symbiotically do a marathon. You know, we use 10% of our entire energy needs for digestion. So if you've had a big meal and your body's working really hard to digest that meal, you know, say if, especially if it's really high in fat, um, sugar, this is going to impair your body's ability to be at rest. So in the evening, you want to have a relatively light meal. Best recommendations, fatty fish, chicken, all fish in general, eggs, tofu. All of these are high, source, high quality sources of protein and for fatty fish in particular, it also contains omega-3s. So omega-3s correlate, well, that's your healthy fats. They correlate with less anxiety, which may be felt as an inability to switch off in the evening. And fatty fish also supply protein, which is the building block for melatonin. Right. Yeah. So have that as your, you know, your base, your the base of your meal. Complement that with some healthy fats, which are going to increase your omega-3 intake, healthy fats, avocado, coconut, nuts, tasty foods. And what about things like, um, it's, it's pretty trendy now, but like um, infrared saunas and mm. are they things that you should be in your routine or should they be like during the day? You don't want to do any thermogenic or, you know, heating of the core body temperature in the three hours before bed. Now, if you're having an infrared sauna in the three hours before bed, that's going to be problematic for your sleep. Why? Because melatonin is produced when the body drops in core body temperature. This is why a shower in the evening is helpful. Now, it's interesting because you think a shower heats you up. Why? How does that work, right? So when you shower, sure, you have a short period of time where you're heating your core body temperature, but then you move from your warmer bathroom, sorry, warmer shower, into the cooler bathroom, you get cold. That is a signal for melatonin production. You mentioned infrared saunas in the three hours before bed. No, because it's longer than a shower is and it's really going to increase your core body temperature and that is going to compromise melatonin production. So in terms of melatonin, mm. I've heard all sorts of different reports on it. And I used to take melatonin, I don't anymore, but and I was taking varying amounts. I went from, I don't know if it was milligrams or grams, but it went from two to five, then I took 10, then I went back to five. No, I don't take it at all. But should you supplement melatonin and or more importantly, when should you supplement melatonin or should you never try to supplement melatonin? The evidence indicates melatonin is best used to reset the circadian rhythm. So this is really helpful and has been used in clinical practice most effectively for jet lag, 
for shift workers and for those with delayed sleep phase wake disorder. So that's if you are going to bed at, say, for example, 2 a.m. every night and you just cannot fall asleep by 11. So it's best used for a short period. I'm talking weeks at a maximum of a month to reset the pattern. Because there is a thing now, if you're over 55, you can go to the um, the pharmacies and they'll give you, I think it's two milligram tablets, melatonin. You don't have to have a prescription. And they're like handing them out like lollies. But um, what's that all about? Like uh, is it because people over a certain age don't produce enough melatonin? Do we stop producing melatonin? Like all hormones, there is a decline in natural melatonin production as we age. Um, there's also a dysregulation of our circadian rhythm as we age because, and this is why that's, you know, you might have parents that they seem to have no particular sleep pattern. Sometimes they're going to bed really early, sometimes really late, sometimes sleeping during the day. They don't know what's going on, right? So this is due to that, uh, lowered melatonin production, which is a simple aging, uh, consequence. Um, it's also because of the aging lens of the eye. So light, as I mentioned before, controls our circadian rhythm and controls melatonin production. Now, when we age, we the often the lens of the eye, which allows in blue light, that becomes dysfunctional. And so the body loses its awareness about how much light is there outside and Therefore, should I be tired or should I be alert? It's confused, right? Um, couple that with an increase in beta amyloid, the neurotoxin that I mentioned before that is produced when, sorry, that is uh, increases in the brain when we lack sleep. So there's a natural increase in that in that neurotoxin as we age. Now it's a bit of a cat and a mouse situation in that the more neuro, the more beta amyloid we have in our brain, the harder it is to sleep, mm. which then produces more beta amyloid in our brain. Yeah. So these factors in themselves, and there are quite a few more that I could mention, but for the sake of just this, these factors in themselves mean that when we are you know, over 55, 60, we do experience sleep problems. And for this reason, it can be effective for those, you know, in that age bracket to take melatonin on a regular basis. I love doing this. Sleeps during the day. I mean, I have no difficulty whatsoever. Once I've eaten at lunchtime, I can lay down on my lounge, you can lay down anywhere, and I'll fall asleep within two seconds. And um, I can, I'll see for half an hour or something like that. Is that because I'm not getting enough sleep the night before or is that, or is that a healthy indicator? Naps can be really beneficial for productivity and cognitive performance. There was a NASA study that found a 26-minute nap improved cognitive performance by 34%. This for me is really exciting. Mm. So in terms of, you know, should you be napping? Mm, one nap on a regular basis, every day, every few days, 
there doesn't seem to be any correlation that it uh, compromises sleep quality. However, you need to abide by principles that are embedded within my perfect nap plan. Okay, the perfect nap plan is one, keep it short, less than 30 minutes. This prevents your body from going into slow wave sleep. And if you've ever woken... Yeah, you feel cranky. Correct. If you've ever woken from a deep stage of sleep, you feel really exhausted, really foggy. You feel like almost drunk sometimes. Mm. And that's called sleep inertia. Now, this can occur after you have passed that 30-minute mark. That's why number one principle of the perfect nap plan, keep it short, right? Number two is keep it dark. Use an eye mask that helps your body uh, believe that it's night and melatonin, that sleepiness hormone, is um, produced. And then the third principle is keep it early. Now you want to finish the nap no later than 3.30. This allows for your body to build up um, sufficient levels of a sleep-promoting hormone called adenosine which, like melatonin, helps us sleep. Adenosine works in the way that the, simply the longer we're awake, the more it builds up. The more, we, the more it builds up, the tighter we feel. When we nap, it detoxifies some of this hormone and therefore if we, go, if we have our nap too late in the afternoon, say 5, 6, 7 o'clock, then there's not enough of this hormone that's built up within the body to enable us to sleep properly that evening. Which means you stay awake longer. Correct. I, I actually, it's funny, I, I, it doesn't sort of, I mean, I tend to do it about 2 o'clock and uh, I don't sleep for very long, but it's sort of like become a habit for me. Um, I quite enjoy it if I get the opportunity to, but I, I quite enjoy it. And I can, I literally can lay it in anywhere. Um, I can lay on this floor here and sleep. Um, if, as long as my head's comfortable, um, I'm, 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 I'm okay. I can sleep in my car. Just put the chair back in my car. I can, there's no problem. And I, I really love it. Like I, I like the feeling of it and I, I get really into super relaxed mode. I try to meditate a little bit before it. Just in terms of um, I often listen to Andrew Huberman, he keeps talking about um, sunlight, the importance of getting sunlight into your eyes first thing in the morning for five minutes. What's that all about? That is linked back to melatonin, that sleepiness hormone. And remember how I said that the number one thing you need to do in the evening to fall asleep and stay asleep with ease is to block out blue light. Now, the number one thing in the morning that you need to do to reset the circadian rhythm, which suppresses melatonin, that sleepiness hormone, lessen morning fatigue, lessen morning brain fog, is to expose yourself to bright blue light which naturally is sourced from sunlight. Um, essentially what it does is it resets the circadian rhythm. And so what that means is your melatonin levels drop, then you naturally feel more alert, more awake. Um, as a result, then that evening, because, because melatonin operates on a 24-hour cycle, so when it is suppressed in the morning and when it is stopped being produced in the morning, the earlier that is, then the earlier it's produced in the evening. Right. Now, this is exactly why it can be really helpful to expose yourself to such bright light first thing in the morning because then when it comes to a reasonable bedtime, you're actually naturally sleepy because melatonin is starting to be produced. Um, I would assume it would also 
Um, he would also recommend that because the more naturally alert we feel in the morning, the less reliant we are on caffeine. Now, caffeine, I love a green tea, which has caffeine. And so I'm not saying that we have to cut out caffeine completely. However, for the majority of people with sleep problems, difficulty switching off, who are having three, four, five cups of coffee, tea a day, waking up and increasing your cortisol and adrenaline levels, which is what happens when we induce, we, we intake caffeine. That is one of the worst things we can do to our nervous system and simply puts us on the path of being unable to switch off the entire day and night. And so if we utilize sunlight to energize our bodies naturally, remember sunlight, I think I mentioned this before, helps the body produce serotonin, that awakening hormone that helps us feel awake, alert, happy, and less stressed. So that's produced when we are exposed to sunlight. And so if we're naturally more alert, we're going to be drinking less coffee, probably going to be having less sugar. And so the whole day, the body is uh, less on that caffeine high and caffeine crash path, which can therefore lead to uh, compromised sleep as well. The exercise question in terms of it assisting you to be able to sleep, is it best to exercise in the morning or in the evening? Morning due to the fact that exercise like light also helps the body produce serotonin and awakening hormone. Right. This is really helpful in the morning. We need to be alert and awake, right? Um, also because in the evening we need to reduce and avoid thermogenic activities, activities that heat the core body temperature. Exercise heats our core body temperature. And so if we are exercising within the last hours before bed. Now there's the guideline to say two hours, but I like to push it to three hours because just to be on the safe side, this can heat our core body temperature, which therefore lowers our melatonin production, which therefore makes it hard to fall and stay asleep. Regulating my body temperature whilst I'm asleep, because often why I wake up is because I'm hot. Mm. I just get hot. I don't know why. Um, are we looking for a, a temperature at a certain level? 18 degrees is the temperature that is recommended and that's if you're using a, you know, air conditioning. However, if you don't want to use aircon and you want to manage your body temperature, um, I would look at the bedding because there are sheets, dunas, duna covers, mattress protectors, which can help your body um, keep cool. So natural fibres like... Wool, cotton, linen, silk, these possess the ability to um, regulate your body temperature and keep it at a level temperature so you don't overheat when you don't, uh, you're not too cool. And does that body temperature drop during the night? Yes. Um, why do we get hot all of a sudden? Usually those that are getting hot throughout the evening, this is caused by – um, excessive levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Now, this can be due to mental stress, as in you've got lots going on, yep. but it also can be produced through excessive blue light, particularly in the evening. So looping back to the blue light glasses, what a lot of people find is they don't have that experience 
as much when they are using the glasses um, because it helps lower your levels of cortisol in the evening, which can usually wake you up throughout the, throughout the night. Now, this is particularly likely if those nighttime wakings are around 3 or 4 a.m. because the body experiences a natural increase in cortisol, the stress hormone around that time. Because it's an awakening hormone in preparation for the next morning, our circadian rhythm directs we need an increase in cortisol. Now, if your baseline levels of cortisol are too high because you've been stressed or exposed to a lot of blue light before bed, this can mean when that natural elevation occurs, you wake up. Signs of excessive cortisol are racing mind and feeling really hot. That to me is probably the single most thing that wakes me up as I get hot. If I wake up in the middle of the night for whatever the reason is, disturbed by something or other, and I, I realise I can't get back to sleep. I think oh, I try and toss and turn a bit. I can't get back to sleep. Is it a good idea to turn deli on? Definitely not. No. So I have but a – But I put my orange glasses on as well. Yes. Okay. So if you wear your orange blue light blocking glasses, yep. better but still not recommended. I have a, a four-step plan to return to sleep with ease. Okay. So step one, if you're awake for longer than 20 minutes, get up out of bed. Bed should be for sleep and sleep only. And reading, it's okay. But you need to ensure that the brain associates bed with sleep. This means that as soon as you jump into bed, you feel naturally sleepy. So longer than 20 minutes, you're tossing and turning, get up, go to the lounge, put your blue light glasses on. Then do something relatively boring. Yeah, like watch the news. Watch the So that would be on TV. Yep. You can read the news, which is probably even more boring because the brain gets excited by all of the the graphics and the pictures and the sounds and everything, right? When we are trying to return to sleep, we do not want our brain to be excited. Even if you're blocking out blue light with your blue light glasses, there is still the impact of just the graphics and the sounds that are exciting for the brain. This is not what we want. So you do want to do something relatively boring. Read a book, journal, meditate, not using your phone, but, you know, transcendental. These are calming activities which correlate with being able to fall back to sleep and healthier sleep patterns. The four-step plan is if you're awake longer than 20 minutes, get up. Step two is go into the lounge, put your blue light blocking glasses on. Step three, read or journal or meditate and read a book, not a, not a Kindle, please. Yep. <laughs> and step four, only return to bed when you are just about to fall asleep. Finally, how do you sleep? I sleep very well. You sleep well? But I'll admit, you know, I'm also a, um, you know, a normal 33-year-old woman who goes out, I drink alcohol sometimes, I don't do my sleep routine 100% sometimes, sometimes I sleep in, you know, I'm I'm normal. And You don't live, some, live this weird strict life yeah, no, with no, the that, book in front of you correct. ticking things no, off all the time. No, no, that's and not do, me. And do you, do you wear a, 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 one of those sorts of devices? Do you check your sleep patterns? Um, at the moment I don't. I would say that although I enjoy data, I'm not data heavy. I also don't have a problem with my sleep, so it's not something that I'm, um, you know, feeling I need to track and, you know, be aware of because – I have a great awareness, you know, with my research. 
understanding, okay, if I didn't sleep well, what did I do last night? And I can go through my mental checklist. Okay, was I on my phone? Did I have an Aperol spritz, you know, at dinner? Things like this. And I can usually uh, calculate, okay, cool, this is what's happened and get on, get on track fairly easily. I'm going to start to build a bit of a strategy on this because I think that I probably left it in the hands of the gods for too long. And um, and what's interesting about all this is sleep has become a big, big business, but it's, it's a big game. We never really thought about how important it was to us. And, in fact, I've said many times, I'll go to sleep when I'm dead. I've got, I've got a lifetime of being dead. I don't care about going to sleep. And I've often said that myself um, because I just saw, saw it as a waste of time. Mm. But now the science is telling us it's not a waste of time. It's actually part of your day. It's like a very important part of your day in terms of just living. Sleep is an important part of living. With sleep as your superpower, you are unstoppable. And in terms of the strategies that you recommend, building a strategy, it's all given to you. And for that, I am very excited. And of course, sleep well. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Straight Talk with Mark Boris. Audio production by Jessica Smalley. Production assistants, Jonathan Leondis and Simon McDermott. This is a Mentored Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.